Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. podcast. Yeah, so we're back at it again. Uh, coming at you a little late. It's hot here. Yeah. Like excessively <clears throat> hot. Like brain meltingly hot. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've had a migraine and I did not sleep almost at all last night. I was simply writhing in heat. Basically for the last two days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was coming out of my weekend migraine. I was like, I had a migraine since Thursday. And then I was like, oh, like Monday, my migraine started going away. Everything's fine. Tuesday was like, <clears throat> uh, F you, man, migraine time. So, yeah, it's been fun. Anywho, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. This is the Horn and Cauldron podcast where we uh, talk about like witchy stuff. And we have this like fun witchy community where we, you know, learn and share information and whatnot. Today, we are talking about Midsummer. This is our Midsummer 102 episode. Uh, Midsummer 101 uh, <clears throat> was episode 15. So you can go back in the Dibbly Doos and uh, find that. If you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all the things that we're supposed to tell you to do for YouTube and um, that we're told to tell you to do. And if you're listening to this on your podcast network of choice, uh, please leave us a review. That is the only way we know that people are listening because podcast analytics are a lie. Yeah. So, yeah. Anywho, let's get right into it. Midsummer 102. Uh, who's Midsummer? Uh, well, Midsummer isn't a who, it's a when. Really. Where's Midsummer? Uh, everywhere. When Midsummer? No. There you go. That's the question. When Midsummer? What Midsummer? What? <laughs> well, midsummer? we'll also take what um, or how. Um, <clears throat> how Midsummer? <laughs> so, Midsummer is also called Letha and the Summer Solstice. Um, no soy Midsummer? <laughs> And it's called the summer solstice because it is the longest day of the year. So longest day, shortest night of the year. And uh, this year it was actually yesterday for us. Um, and But the thing is, is you can celebrate midsummer anytime. That's the yeah. middle of summer. Um, the point is not the day. The point is the celebration yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, and that is on oh, the... So who's, who's, sell who's having big bloody midsummer parties midweek? working the next day and such. Come on, what's wrong with exactly. you? I mean, I work on the weekend, so that's a separate distinct issue, but still. Yeah, so <laughs> you normally have that situation, yes. Yeah. Uh, and that is in the Northern Hemisphere. In Super the gorgeous. Southern Hemisphere, Midsummer is actually December 21st because that is the middle of their summer. Awesome. Uh, so every day from here, the sun is out a little bit longer and the night is, or the, the sun is out a little bit less and the night is a little bit longer. Uh, all the way up until we get to the winter solstice in December, which is the shortest day of the year. Uh, and again, if you want to listen to more Winter. general things about <laughs> midsummer <laughs> you're like that's the wrong one that you replaced that's the wrong one oh, yeah. um uh, if you want to hear more generalities about midsummer and the history of it definitely listen to episode 15 uh which is midsummer 101 this one's kind of a bit more advanced where we deep dive into sort of a specific item about midsummer yeah. uh so it has it has been celebrated throughout the world since the Neolithic times, which is like 12,000 to 4,500 BCE. It predates 
basically all forms of writing and a ton of things with the exception of like the Lasso cave paintings. So Midsummer is definitely one of the older festivals. Sure. Um, however, that doesn't mean that we have a ton more information about it. It just means that we've been celebrating the sun basically being like out for a really long time for a very long time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the longest day, so it means that you're going to have the most amount of time to party. Um, but also like, this is sort of like peak go out, get food time. Yeah. Right. You know, like this is, this is mad hype. Like it's generally good weather. I mean, around here, we just are like, uh, like towards the middle of the heat wave. We're like coming to the end of it. Um, so for us, it's been a very hot midsummer, but in general, like it's not because we had rain just like. What, like three weeks ago? And we're about ready to Two get weeks more ago, rain. And we're yeah. supposed to be getting so. more rain. So we, it's just like hot and humid. And I'm I'm not for that. He's dying. I'm pretty I'm not, okay. I'm not prepared for any of this. I'm pretty I okay prefer the cold and the dark. So like winter, when everybody's like, it's so dreary and rainy outside. I'm the guy that's like outside in like a pair of board shorts. Just like, we can get so much work done. There's yeah. so much time for activities when it's dark out. Because you can do shit and not melt. And it's hot. <laughs> Yeah. So, bam. It was nice around at the beach. We went out to the beach yesterday um, with our friend and uh, for a little photo shoot. She's got a video up for that. And um, that was nice. But that was also mostly because I got to touch the ocean. And yes. that is cold up here, which means that it's able to relieve the heat. It really was. It really was nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Midsummer or Letha uh, really is a festival that celebrates abundance, growth, fertility, uh, solar energy, of course. It is a popular time to do magic historically. Um, a lot of cultures believed that magic was its strongest at the summer solstice. Um, it's also a very popular time to harvest herbs for the same reason as the magic thing. Um, many ancient cultures felt that um, we had s- stronger and mo- more potent herbs if you harvested them on midsummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's also a common time to do ritual baths, fertility rituals, and it's also associated with fairies, bonfires, and hand fasting. We talk more about hand fasting in episode 32. So if you want to hear more about that, um, that's definitely a great episode to listen to. And we talk more about the fairies in several episodes, but primarily the basics of that is working with the Fae, which is episode nine. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be going through mostly a deep dive on a particular couple of aspects of Midsummer's, and that's Baths, Bonfires, and St. John the Baptist. Yeah, Baths, Bonfires, and Baptists. Yeah. One of them. The one, I guess. The singular one. Yeah, St. John the Baptist. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So first up is St. John the Baptist. Yes. One of the two St. John's. Is there more than one? Yeah, St. John the Baptist and St. John the Evangelist. Huh. Yeah. That's why we do two um, of those uh, big dinners at the Lodge. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, one for St. John the Baptist and one for St. John the Evangelist. I don't don't remember what the time is for the St. John the Evangelist dinner, but I know the one that we do for St. John the Baptist is generally close to... Um, midsummer or oh, middle of summer. Generally, like right before Lodge goes dark for the summertime because it's mm-hmm. too hot. Nobody wants to be inside in a suit. Especially old men. Oh yeah. boy. Let me tell you what, wearing a tuxedo in a hundred degree room, that is unacceptable. No, ain't nothing fancy enough to justify that. No, so. no thanks. I'm done. I'm <laughs> yeah. good. I'm good. No, I'm real good. Yeah. So um, first, we're going to get into why we're talking about St. John the Baptist first 
in a, in a moment. But we want to talk a little bit about him before we kind of move through this, because it'll definitely make sense as we move along. So St. John the Baptist's feast day is also his birthday, and that is June 24th. Um, that date was established by the church in about the fourth century common era. Um, and so that is basically right about midsummer. Midsummer is usually in the northern hemisphere between, like, say, the 19th of June and the 23rd of June. So you can see we're picking a good safe day there that's kind of at the tail end of those celebrations. So this is one of the things that we talk about with drinking game, Christianization of Europe. Um, Sounds like they were trying to extend that party one more day and they were just like, this guy's pretty dope. What if we make it one more day long party, guys? And everybody yeah. was like, this seems like a great idea. And they're like, we got him. <laughs> and they didn't have to compete with the midsummer parties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So part of the whole thing about St. John the Baptist is related to Jesus. And there is a pop, uh, a very popular and famous quote that it is he must decrease while I or he must increase while I decrease. And St. John the Baptist says this. This is primarily a reference to the sun receding each day until the winter solstice, which also is basically right around the time of the birth of Jesus. Yeah. So we well, can see... The one that the Bible tells us about. Clearly, he was born in spring, but that's not here. Clearly, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're definitely seeing some allegories there in the Christian side of things to the pagan side of things. And really, um, you know, we're talking about... St. John the Baptist, because when the Christianization of Europe happened, we lost a lot of information about what what places were doing what for particular holidays and pagan customs. And this happens to be one of them. In yeah. addition to that, many of the customs got um, got syncretized to the Christian religion. And we sort of see things, um, you know, sort of like still existing, but in sort of like an interesting conjunction of pagan and yeah. uh, like, Christian like, type like, stuff. Like, this is kind of traditional pagan, but also like clearly we're doing some Christian stuff in it sort of a thing. Yeah. And that's something know? that we talk about in a lot of our holiday episodes. Yeah. Um, so if you are all one of our eight <laughs> listeners, you probably have heard us talk about that before. Um, so in many countries, especially nowadays and as time has gone on since like the Middle Ages, um, St. John's um, feast and Midsummer's festivities have been blended. And the celebrations are really sort of interchangeable as with what we consider today um, mm -hmm. to be more pagan festivities. And the two biggest pieces of those festivities are bonfires and baths. Okay, okay. This guy really liked burning stuff and then cleaning up afterwards. Um, no, he was more into the bath part of it. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk about bonfires shot. first. So bonfires have been used since ancient times to purify, protect, signify the sun and scare off evil spirits. In addition to being like a source of heat and light um, for like party time, excellent during the evenings and sure. even the daytimes. Uh, but particularly with midsummer, we're looking at those different aspects of bonfires. And there are a ton of ancient customs about jumping over bonfires. Here's your next drinking game item. Don't you, do it. <laughs> if you're going to be playing with fire, please be safe. Yeah. People get burned by yeah. jumping over fire J and walking just don't jump over a fire. You're not ready for that, right? If you're going to have a bonfire, be safe. Have a fire extinguisher. Keep it in a secure location. Make sure there isn't burnable material around it. You know, think it through. Make sure you have, like, an adult present. Yeah. Right? So that way, like, you're, you know, you're being safe about it and that kind of thing. But also, 
don't jump over bonfires. You know how you think that you can jump that thing because the power of the drink has compelled you? The drink lied to you. Yeah. You were lied to. You're going to fall into a fire. And having been on fire, it is not an enjoyable experience. Let me tell you what. Fire, and this is a shocker, guys, it burns. So don't do it. Yeah, that's... That's my hot take on bonfires. Don't jump. And people are like, oh, you jump over a bonfire. It's like a thing. You know what? I'm going to do not that. <laughs> I'm going to jump next to the bonfire over here, like five feet away. I'm just going to jump up and down. Good enough. Yeah. yeah be now, safe. Now, sometimes when I'm researching these episodes, I come across particularly fantastic quotes. And I did come across a particularly fantastic quote here. And this one is from Wikipedia's Midsummer article talking about jumping over bonfires. Um, so the quote goes, revelers would try to jump over the bonfire, mostly young men trying to show off to the young women and older men trying to convince themselves that they are still young. So I think that that pretty much encapsulates yeah. what you were saying. Yeah, that's that sounds, <laughs> that sounds perfectly accurate. You know what's not impressive? Running around engulfed in flames. So yeah. yeah, don't do it, man. Yeah, exactly. I like the I like the extra safe like representation of jumping over the bonfire, and it comes in two directions: either one, get a piece of wood and then jump over it, and then put that wood in the bonfire as like symbolically jumping over the bonfire because you jumped over an ingredient that's going yeah. into the bonfire before it goes in there, or the second and more dangerous but still less dangerous than jumping over a bonfire one is to extract a piece of coal from the fire, yeah. not something actively on fire, but like a glowing bit and to set it on a fire safe surface. Like if you're like at a, like a beach, you know, you make yeah. like a second small fire pit to the side of the fire pit. Then you put like a non burning, just like a smoldering coal over it. Yeah. Or possibly even a piece of just like blackened wood. Like after the bonfire has been put out, you get a piece of like the blackened wood from the bonfire, like a remnant. And you put that down, like, after it's, like, cooled and safe to handle or whatever. And then you jump over that, having symbolically jumped over the fire, um, uh, you know, because it's, like, that was part of the bonfire yeah. sort of a thing. Those are safer ways to jump over a bonfire. Um, and honestly, if you're trying to impress a, a lass, one, being on fire is generally never impressive. It's horrifying. <laughs> um, but also, uh, if you do something smart and then you just make, like, ritualistic show of it. It's exactly as impressive. Yeah. Right? You could also it's do the, the Beltane thing, thing where you have two fires and you go between them. Yeah. Yeah. You can totally do them. like like walk between two fires. Yeah. Sort of a situation. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Now, in addition to jumping over the bonfire, walking on the coals of the bonfire is also popular in many places to this day. Yeah. And a lot of this um, is sort of like if you are able to walk on the coals of, so if you're able to jump over the bonfire, you're like safe from disease, you're purified, you're protected, sure. right? If you're able to walk on the coals of the bonfire, you are considered basically a true believer because you were unhurt by something that would generally hurt you. Yeah. Again, please plaque. Please practice fire safety. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, don't this, do it. This is the thing. Let me tell you a little secret about walking on the coals of a fire. Um, it's all an elaborate trick. They're not yeah. actually walking on hot coals. They What you do is you spread the fire out. So that allows it to cool more evenly. And then you are raking cold coal from the edges of the fire over the hot coals to act as a carbon barrier. Coal, uh, although when abdurantly lit, can basically render any metal into liquid um, or allow any metal to yield. Um, 
cold coal is a really good insulator yeah. for a short period of time because it is so difficult to ignite yeah. just raw there coal. Was actually... So there are tricks to doing this. When you like go to a show and you see them do it, like uh, like if you're at like uh, one of those, like a dead around a show and they're doing like island thing or, or they're doing like a traditional pagan thing or like something like that. That's almost always a trained professional who not only knows how to see where the hot spots in the fire are, but is also trained on how to like, like have this big fire and then spread it out while he's telling this story, right? This is the gift of the gab thing that I was talking about. It's all about the it's all about the it's all about the showmanship of it, right? So you 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 tell the story about the god or the deity or the ritual or some ancient thing or whatever as you're spreading the coals out and you're letting them cool and then you rake the coals back over it, which looks like you're stirring it up but you're not. You're actually dropping the surface temperature of the fire down. You're literally smothering the fire, right? And then they smother the fire out of it and walk across the coals and it's like, ah, look how crazy this is, right? So like, again, if you are not a trained professional or a practitioner in this, like with good practice and like safety people around you who know how to handle burns because you can't just handle a burn like any other wound you have to do certain things with it especially when it's like a dirty like coal burn like that sort of a thing um don't do it right yeah if you want to do something similar to that like find another way find a way to represent it again cold coal that has not been burned before going into the fire that would work Right. Yeah. Or something to that extent. So, again, like like if you're ever in this like, oh, well, I want to do this thing. This is the ritual. And but that seems unsafe. Then find a way to make it about the showmanship and the representation of the ritual. So that way you're not injured, because if you're injured, then you just become an Internet meme. And the lesson learned there is that you're like dumb. Yeah. Well, joke. and every year <laughs> you, know? you see you see articles about people being injured after walking on coals, particularly in the summer months, but yeah. not always uh, yeah. tied to midsummer. This year in particular, a couple of weeks ago, there was an article about a bunch of coworkers that had gone to like do a team building exercise. Like stuff, and yeah. one of the things that they did was wa- walk on hot coals. Every single person at that work was injured. Yeah. As a result of it. Yeah. Well, and yeah. when you get burned, you panic and you run or you step harder or you fall. It's very easy for freeze. that. To, yeah. Or you or you lock up or something like that. It's super easy to get like very, very badly injured by mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, trust me, like you don't want you don't want to you don't play with fire. Right. Be fire safe and yeah. be smart about it. Always be fire safe. Yeah. Now. In addition to this, there's also some other sort of like modifiers to the bonfires that people would commonly do um, throughout areas of the world. So in some places, bonfires were made with bones as well as with wood. In some areas in the UK, you had uh, even up to three fires. You had one made of... um, made of wood and that one is called the wake fire you had one made of bones which is called the bony fire and then you had one that was a mixture of both bony and fire that was... that's the name of somebody's porno right yeah there. right What's yeah up? right and then the third <laughs> fire is made of both bones and wood and that one is called saint john's fire mm. so we do see that and there are a few other areas of the world that also have fires of bones um because this is definitely partially at least an ancestor worship um, time, um, many ancient cultures that worshipped the sun or sun gods also have pretty advanced forms of ancestor worship. So you can see yeah. that there. Um, some villages have competitions for the largest bonfire. This is particular, particularly popular in Eastern Europe. And basically, 
it's just all a bragging game and whoever, you know, whoever at the local tavern the next day or the yeah. church service yeah. uh, is talking about who had the biggest fire yeah, sure, and how totally, tall the fire totally. was. That's, that's like that, uh, that, that uh, stacking people thing that they do yeah. during that, what is that, a, spring, a fall festival in mm-hmm. Italy where they, they try to build towers of people. Like, oh, our yeah. tower got higher before we collapsed or whatever. You know, they send the kids to the top. Yeah, exactly. Like that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So no, like, and I, and I, you know, I, I get that. That sounds that, that sounds, sounds fun. fun. Yeah. It sounds super fun. Like nowhere around here, man. I live. Yeah, in the not woods. where we live. It's wildfire live. season yeah. in California, like all the time. Yeah. So, uh, in addition to that, in certain places, they also would burn the the flower wreaths that they made at Beltane, mm-hmm. and in some places, they also burned wreaths or other um, sort of wards that they had in the home during the summer as part of burning the winter effigy to get rid of winter uh, because in some areas of the world it is just barely past spring uh, at this point in time so we see a lot of that kind of like burning wreaths and stuff like that to signify the either the wheel you know the the orb that is on fire that is the sun or to uh, banish uh, either bad spirits or just like the winter in general for a like a nice like nice long summer Uh, it's also pretty pretty common for people in Scandinavia to set fire to old fishing boats. That's definitely a nice way to get rid of a boat you no longer need. And it would usually be done up in garlands and flowers and herbs and decor. And then they would just set fire to it usually while it is in the water Uh, (laughs) as the same sort of idea as burning the Beltane wreaths uh, for protection and cleansing and for like a good harvest, all that, all that sun God stuff. Yeah. And then moving along with the setting fire to things um, in many areas in Europe, people would set fire to a wheel and then roll it down a hill. A wheel, again, being the same shape as the sun, wheel of the year, that kind of thing. I get it. Unsafe. Um, Unsafe. I, we just As <laughs> Californians who have to deal with wildfires, um, that is a horrifying concept to me. Agreed. Um, so none of that shit. Agreed. Yeah. And sometimes uh, separately or as part of the bonfire, people would burn herbs to purify the air and sure. also for blessings. So that's another fairly popular one is... Having a bonfire. We're from California. We understand burning herb. Yeah. Not that kind of burning herb. Having a bonfire and then throwing a handful of herbs in there to Mm -hmm. purify the air, Uh, particularly sage. And this is done actually quite commonly in several Mediterranean areas. Sure, sure. Yeah. So that's your bonfires. Nice. So no, no, like not a big mention to St. John here, but we're seeing... um, purify and cleanse and protect as kind of like the main focus of these bonfires. And St. John was known for his baptisms, which cleanse and purify and protect. And that leads us into baths. And uh, I'm going to say baths is not just like you fill up a tub and then you take a bath, but it's also uh, like bathing in a body of water, going for a swim, that sort of thing. You're basically emerging yourself it's in a ritual the water. bath idea, which would be like a baptism or like um, how in some cultures you like bathe your feet or bathe the feet of others before like entering a particularly uh, uh, 
important space or before like a ritual. Yeah. You know, so like bath isn't just like the tub in your bathroom bath. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's also the like ritualistic idea of a bath. Yes. I would go so far as to even consider the uh, Baijiro Mastani <laughs> barely effectively getting yourself Just wet pouring bath. cups of water over yourself while you Just smolder at a doing wall. Doing a bad job smoldering at a wall, getting kind of vaguely damp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Ritual baths. I'll accept it. So, yeah, St. <laughs> John the Baptist was known for his baptisms. That was like his thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you can see how that ties into baths here. And um, the baths, baths in general are really a, a, like the second most popular way to celebrate midsummer, um, only seconded to bonfires, uh, even more so than like feasting and partying and maypoles and all that other kind of stuff. So um, women would commonly bathe in the sea to cleanse themselves and ensure fertility. Uh, and in particular, um, there are several cultures that would have it so that if you are desirous of a certain thing, like maybe you want to have a baby or maybe you want to have a good marriage, um, you would bathe in the sea for a certain amount of time or wearing a certain garment or carrying certain things. So um, in some areas uh, of Europe, women would bathe in the sea and let nine waves wash over them mm -hmm. and then they would get out. Mm -hmm. If you bathe in the sea with a PS4, are you going to be able to buy a PS5? Because that shit's still not available and that's upsetting, <laughs> right? Is that, the, is that the midsummer ritual for getting Sony to fucking <laughs> produce more PS5s and sell them? I mean, we can try it. Uh, we can try it. I mean, we have a PS4. We're not. And sure it doesn't works. work. Yeah. Does so, it have to be a working PS4? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, so bathing in the sea is a very, very common way to do that. And then after the sea, um, rivers, lakes, bathing, typically nude. Um, is generally the way that one wants to sure, do yeah. their cleansing. Um, and that's mostly just like, have you ever walked around in sopping wet garments. Yes. Yeah. Because I just did that yesterday. It's not that easy. No. Yeah. Everything's heavier and clingier and yeah. less flowy. Yeah. 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 And uh, just super awkward. Yeah. No. Yeah. To, to, to do. Less bathing suit is definitely better bathing suit. Yes. Yeah. Completely agreed. And in a lot of these ancient places, we didn't really have, you know, like spandex or like lycra <sighs> bathing suits. I, yeah. I would be very shocked if they're just like, oh, yeah, freaking Vlad the Impaler over here. Yeah. Real big fan of lycra bathing suits and stuff. Well, it definitely you know, you know didn't exist I mean? then. So you know, there's yeah, that. that didn't exist um, back then. And if you did have bathing clothes, which were actually highly unusual, you would, excuse me, you would have worn like very simple cotton garments for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Um, so it was very unusual for people to, in ancient times to bathe, especially outside in clothing for pretty obvious reasons. Yeah, doing it, um, so. It's cool for like the aesthetic look of it, but not for like the practicality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, in some areas, yeah, the bathing suit thing is really just like weird, modern, like hangups about like nudity. Yes. And, like, you know, that's yeah. We're just like weird now. I mean, we're not as weird as we were you know, whatever, like 70 years ago when they had like... In the Victorian times? Well, well, when they had those they like mobile... Wheel, yeah, they would like, yeah, they would like wheel a large wooden box out to the ocean so that way a lady could like get out in the water 
you know, and like wasn't like, oh, you don't you wouldn't want to see her in her bathing clothes. Even and then even like, still, you know, you know she's in, in like full bathing yeah. clothes there. Yeah. It's a lot of clothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, nude bathing was definitely the way to go. Whether you choose to bathe nude or not is totally up to you. And also perhaps the laws for definitely where you are doing the laws that. where you're doing that. It's up to the laws first and you second. Don't commit crimes. Yes. Yeah. Especially nude bathing crimes. Yeah. And then saying that we told you to do it. Yeah, we, we did not we tell, tell you. To do we that. told you not to do that specifically. Yeah. <laughs> there is no beer in this pizza batter. That's correct. Um, so in some areas, people would also wash the flowers and herbs that they picked on Midsummer or even sure. Midsummer's Eve. Sometimes there's a lot of these traditions that go along with Midsummer's Eve um, as opposed to Midsummer Day or night. Um, so people would wash those uh, and then they would also use the water to wash themselves that next day. Mm. Uh, and then also follow in line with the bathing and cleansing aspect it was quite common um for midsummer as well as other sort of like spring festivals like beltane we see this too um and even uh ostara where you collect the dew on the morning of midsummer and you cleanse yourself using that dew mm. however uh it is interesting to note that this is not particularly a festival that is associated with people visiting holy wells sure. that is not to say it was not done or is not done to this day um but it is uh interesting that this is a festival that is largely about fire and water um yet we don't really see a lot of people historically going and doing the visit to the holy well sure yeah it's hot and those are far away so I and also you can't bathe in those yeah no those usually are that's, for not for that's bathing. they're not for bathing they're yeah for drinking. so it's like ocean and lake and river party yeah, way exactly. Yeah, way better party. Yeah, so all of that really does tie into St. John the Baptist. And for those of you that have been listening to this podcast for a while, thank you all eight of you. Uh, yeah, first of all, uh, you can really see those sort of like those themes moving through time with the Christianization of Europe and taking these like pagan things and 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 um, turning them into more Christian elements. And also yeah. as we are trying to work backwards and sort of pull apart the um the the current and more christianized beliefs to yeah. see what the ancient pagan beliefs as, were. as we watch the little dog pull the curtain back and realize that the big glowing face is really just like a tiny dude over there right but we still can't make conclusions about what he what his intentions are you know what i'm saying yes but at first when you said tiny dog pulling the curtain i was like what is this fool talking about really you didn't immediately think not that? immediately okay, no fine. my immediate thought was wishbone does he pull curtains? I don't know. Why wouldn't he? He's wishbone. I, that's fair. I guess. <laughs> Fucking loose comparison, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about um, St. John the Baptist and how he ties into Midsummer, absolutely go for it. But that's what we've encapsulated here is really the main beats of how he ties into Midsummer, um, which is his birthday um, purification and baths. Yeah. So, you know, there is more there, but unfortunately there's not a whole lot more that we can really get into. And um, if you listen to the Midsummer 101 episode, you will get more generalities of things. Yeah, more, more of a generalization on Midsummer. This was sort of like very specifically like curated through the lens of uh, St. John the Baptist. Um, you know, and then obviously like next year's Midsummer 103, 
will be curated in a different direction about Midsummer as we continue down this path of uh, learning knowledge and stuff. And obviously, if you have some knowledge or insight or information about Midsummer or St. John the Baptist or any of the other ways to celebrate Midsummer that we're going to go over. Or if you over, learned something new yeah, that us, you really loved, know. yeah, let us yeah, know. Share, share it with the class. You know, you bring that in, you, you bring enough cookies for everybody, share with the class. Yeah. So that way, cookies are knowledge in this particular case. Um, or real cookies. Yeah, or real cookies, honestly. Yeah, yeah we'll take real cookies. Yeah. So join, join the dark side. We have brownies. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Actually, we have angel food cake right now. That's, that's true. what we have. We do. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so what are some different ways to celebrate? Yeah, so we're going to give you just a word vomit of different ways that you can celebrate uh, Midsummer. so that if you have not done your celebrations or if you feel like you still got a little bit of party time excellent left in you, you can go ahead and get at that. So really, um, fires, obviously, but whether it's a bonfire at a beach or a candle in your bedroom, again, please be safe. Yeah. Um, we hit or you with the drinking like a, game like six times. Or just like a, one of them LED candles... You know, because you can't have an open flame where you are for safety reasons. Also, yep. still a fire. Still counts. Yep. We, and we've talked about a variety of different ways to use those LED candles in yep. a variety of different episodes. Yep. Uh, also, ritual baths. And if you can, get out to a natural body of water. But if all that you have available for you is a shower, make plan yourself a really wonderful cleansing and yep. purifying shower. Get like an incense or like a candle or something. Make it a nice shower. Make or some fresh herbs. Or some like fresh herbs. You can like tie them in a bundle and then like tie them to the like rod, like the, yeah, like the rod behind the shower head. The shower head? You mean just, yeah, <laughs> yeah she tie needs them tie to tie it to the shower head. <laughs> so the water rushes through the herbs onto you. Yeah. Or you can always like, if you have it like a bunch of herbs, Right. You can always tie them into a bundle. And then when you're in the shower, just kind of like get yourself with them a little bit. Yeah. Or you can use um, like water to steep the herbs in and then use that with like a washcloth. So definitely try to incorporate fire and ritual bath. There are way more things that you can do, but those are the big guys. So collecting morning dew for use in a variety of magical ways, whether that's for purification or whether you're going to put that into a bottle and try to use that in a spell jar later. Totally up to you. Yep. Uh, also, feasts, because always feasts. Always a good excuse to uh, feast. Yeah, with seasonal items. You can, of course, gather herbs or flowers. Use them to decorate your home. Um, you can wear a flower crown, using those to make a flower crown. You can use fake stuff if you want yeah, like to. Yeah, arti- like artificial flowers yeah. to make a flower crown, you know, so it lasts longer. Uh, yeah, you can do a fertility or an abundance ritual. This is a great time for those. Um, also, you could get hand fasted or plan your hand fasting for a future year. Yeah. Uh, quick interruption brought to you by that bird screaming in the background. Baby pigeons are called screechers because they make that noise when they're asking their parents for food. So, yeah, that's just an on purpose noise. That's not yeah. something getting injured. Uh, yeah. Just and wants we- food. So, and we have uh, a baby pigeon. Yeah. Um, lamp. Right now. It's a very hungry little lamp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just about the age to start feeding itself. And I feel like it's being lazy and making its parents feed it. It is being lazy. And the parents are just like, uh, you know where the food is, my guy. It's being it's like that eight-year-old What's kid up? from uh, Game of Thrones that breastfed. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, hey, buddy, too long. 
Yeah, you're Shut like, it down. stop it. I don't want that. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so get hand fasted or plan your hand fasting for a future year. And if you want some information on hand fasting, definitely check out that episode that we did. Um, this is a great time to honor the Fae. Midsummer is typically a time where the Fae are purported to be more active. Um, and there's a variety of pop culture things about that. Looking at you, Shakespeare, Midsummer Night's Dream, That's all true. about Fae and... Um, fertility and partying and love and basically all those things that are midsummer. So very cool. Um, you can also watch or read something with dragons in addition to something having to do with summer or the Fae. Um, dragons are very much associated with this festival of fire. Um, you can dance. Uh, many bonfire customs are to dance around the bonfire. Uh, and you also have, if you are um, interested in setting up a maypole, you could dance around a maypole as well. That is a very common, popular um, thing, particularly throughout northern areas of Europe where the summer is shorter, um, to have maypoles for summer solstice in addition to Beltane. Um, you can also plan a... Um, uh, a midsummer ritual or some other sort of spell work for it. Have a picnic, relax outside at the park, the lake, the beach. You could make a wreath for like a door <laughs> as opposed to for your head um, out of flowers or ferns or even oak leaf. Uh, and you can also watch, watch the sunrise or the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, there's a million other things that you could yeah, do. Definitely. Uh, but these are just our list of things that you can use to celebrate that are not necessarily uh, do this spell kind of thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Obviously, you heard us earlier in the podcast talk about we went, we were out at the beach yesterday, so we did the beach and we're in the ocean and, <clears throat> and all that sort of stuff. So let us know what you did for uh, for midsummer. Yeah, um, and then we came home and had a feast. Yeah, we did. That's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, so and then just died because it was too hot. Yeah. 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 Normally, we would typically have a um, a big party with the Sabbath and we do a big ritual here and we usually wait until sunset to do it and um, just sort of relax and hang out. And yeah. it's usually a very chill hangout summer party, but because we still are in the grips of a panini, uh, it is certainly not really a safe time. It's not to super be conducive to that. that as well as it's hot. Ain't nobody want to do nothing. I mean, and it's, it's not even as bad for us as it is for, like our friends who live like in town, we live in the redwoods near to the ocean. So like we're protected significantly more. It was from easy the, 20 the degrees hotter heat. for them than it was for us, yeah, even so, at our house. Yeah. And it was probably a good 15 degrees cooler from our house to the beach. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so we have for you a, a simple litha ritual that you can use. And um, with most of these rituals, it does have a fun little like DIY element to it. So in addition to any other magical items that you prefer to have for your ritual work, you'll need something to drink and a small snack as usual, uh, because magic takes energy and you have to replenish that energy. In addition to that, you can leave part of that stuff as an offering. So it does double duty. Uh, as far as extra fun things, you're going to want to pick up some oven baked clay in a color that is associated with midsummer. So um, we're going to talk more about that, what things are associated with this holiday when we get to correspondences. But uh, basically that's blue, gold, green, orange, red, purple, yellow. Um, and then you're going to want cold ashes from your midsummer fire. 
whatever that fire looks like, just make sure that they are cold and it is safe. So this may not even be a ritual that you do on Midsummer yeah. as a result of something like that. But again, yeah. it is about the the intention and the act and not about the day that you do it. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. If so, you burn incense, incense ashes, great ashes. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so you're going to go ahead and start by casting a circle, clearing your mind as per usual. And you will say, the wheel of the year turns and today I honor summer. Today the sun is at its strongest. Next you'll write, light the earth candle and say, spirits of the earth, fill my belly. Oh, there's a typo there and it says filly my belly. I love I that. I saw that. Yeah, that is a typo. <laughs> Fix that. Um, the air candle you'll light and say spirits of air inspire my mind. Light the fire candle next and say spirits of fire warm my heart. Light the water candle and say spirits of water quench my thirst. And then lastly, you're going to light the spirit candle and say spirits of my ancestors grant me clarity. So when you're ready, next, take the oven baked clay and knead it until it is soft and pliable. It's usually like in a hard block. Um, and it doesn't really matter what brand you use. There's a few brands and um, we're not affiliated with any of them. So oven baked clay, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you could probably get away with using air dry clay too. That like puffy air dry clay stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could get away with doing actual clay if you want to. Oh, sure, yeah, if you have, like, a kiln to do proper clay, or you were just doing greenware. Yeah, or even if you were using um, epoxy-based, uh, like, two-part clay. Yeah. So, really, whatever you want there. So, knead your clay, but we're going to talk specifically about the oven-baked clay. Um, knead the oven-baked clay until it's soft and pliable, and then take some of the ashes and knead them into the clay as you visualize a protective circle around the amulet that protects you from harm and misfortune. Um, just a note here, kneading ashes into the clay is going to change the color of the clay. So, it's probably something you're going to want to think about when you... Um, when you choose your when clay, you choose your and clay. also just like a little bit, right? You don't need to like evenly distribute the ashes, right? Like just a little bit and then just like sort of loosely kneaded in. So there's a bit of like um, uh, homogeneity with regard to the coloring and yeah. patterning. You could uh, also, nice. yeah, you could also just like make uh, like a little pocket and then the ashes go inside the pocket and then you just crimp it shut. Uh, but definitely... Keep that in nope. mind. If you're going to crimp the clay shut and have a pocket, there needs to be an air hole because you're going to bake it. Oh, yeah. Well, then just poke a hole in it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> See, he keeps me safe, too. Think safety first. <laughs> so Office. once the ashes have been incorporated into the clay in the manner that you want them to be, form the clay uh, with the ashes in it into the shape of the sun. And that can be whatever you want whatever that to look like. Whatever sun shape you want. Whatever sun Sphere, shape you want. Disc. Uh, smiley silly face. Silly man in the sun. Smiley face. Yeah. Triangle rays. All of it. Big long rays. However you want it to look like. It's shaped like the sun. Yeah. Uh, and then once you're happy with your talisman, uh, say, into this amulet, I imbue the power of the sun. It illuminates threats and protects me from them. Uh, next, 
You can just kind of continue to think about that until you feel like your talisman is charged and it is ready. Uh, and now you can enjoy your small snack, being sure being sure to leave behind a sip and a bite for the spirits as an offering. And uh, then you're going to go ahead and thank the spirits, extinguish the candles, and bake the clay according to package directions. After it's been baked and cooled, place the talisman on your altar or carry it around with you to protect you however it is that you wish. And now you have a fun little sun talisman yeah nice yeah i'm uh i definitely want to do this too <laughs> yeah, we should totally do this. Yeah, yeah, it's very fun uh we have not quite had our midsummer fire yet because it has been too darn hot yeah to make a fire here it's been too hot to even heat up food yeah so it's too hot yeah we had big plans on like you know, slow cooking food slow and cooking stuff. It did stuff, not we were happen. Gonna, like, do some meal prep and we did none of that shit. It was too hot. Yeah, absolutely none of it. Yeah. <laughs> so next up is correspondences. What's up with these correspondences? Yeah. So these correspondences are associated with Midsummer specifically. Um, so first off, we have animals. And with all of these correspondences, I'm only reading a small portion of the of what there is. If you want the full list of correspondences, which is pretty beefy, um, you can find that on our Patreon uh, for Horn and Cauldron. Yep. Um, and you get full not only notes, from this podcast episode um, in like a beautiful format, but you also get all the correspondences and the uh, ritual um, like print, like available for you to print or yeah. save. Yeah. In our book of shadows pages. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So animals, um, bees, dragons, firefly, and horses are all associated with Midsummer. Uh, colors are like blue, gold, and green. Think land and the sea and the sun mm -hmm. stones basically the same idea here citron jade lapis obsidian are all great stones for it but really any stone that meets that sort of color magic theory will work as well for plants basil fern oak saint john's wort and sunflower are all associated with midsummer and for foods barbecue uh, <laughs> frozen treats honey, oranges, seafood, and any fresh fruits or seasonal foods are really just like in that sweet spot for midsummer. As far as deities go, pretty much any sun deity or water deity works, but in particular, um, Amaterasu, Aphrodite, Bast, Danu, Freyr, Helios, Kresnik are all associated with uh, midsummer and as far as other symbols go and other sort of themes um fairies and shells um definitely keep in mind to incorporate those if you wish to do so into your midsummer um festivities yeah definitely definitely and again that's only a uh, smattering of the larger list of correspondences which you can get the complete list of correspondences on our Patreon and the Book of Shadows pages. And speaking of our Patreon, let's thank our patrons, Alan, Miranda, Helena, Alexa, and Adrian. Um, thank you very much. You guys are awesome. Uh, thank you for helping us yeah, do what we guys, do and better every time. Uh, small improvements every time. That's, yep. that's the goal. Uh, and then next up, our next episode is going to be episode 10 of our pub chat. So if you have any questions, 
Don't forget to submit those on like any of our social media, any of the links, uh, any any of the, any of those locations. And the next full length episode will be episode number forty two. It'll be coming out uh, around the fourth of July, and that's a Freya deep dive. Yeah. So in prep for that, listen to our episode thirty three we did, which is Norse our Norse family tree episode, and episode twenty five, which is an episode specifically on modern Odinism. Yeah. And the modern Odinism episode is kind of 50-50 sort of how to practice Odinism as a heathen and how a lot of how John practices um, his heathenry. And um, some of it is also talking about Odin. So even though this is an episode that is largely about Odin, there's a lot of heathen things in there mm-hmm. that you can take with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. to sort of give you a basis of knowledge for the Freya deep dive. Yeah, totally, totally. So uh, we'll catch you guys then. But yeah, Either way, uh, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. And we will catch you guys next time. Stay magical, folks. Yeah. And don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt.